Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name over the word this morning. This can be a difficult word. But Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that you would just open up the hearts of those who are here, that they would hear the word, that they would receive it. Lord, I pray that that this isn't a hard word in a tough way, but Lord, just in that we live in a sin-sick world. And there's so many times where our faith is challenged. And so, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen our faith this morning, that you would lift us up, that we would set our eyes upon you. We thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, over the last few weeks, last week was Father's Day. How many fathers enjoyed the uh, beef jerky and the cheese? How many enjoyed it? Yeah? You don't need to clap, Doug. <laughs> it's just cheese, man. <laughs> no, no, no. No, that was great. It was awesome. Well, before that, we've been going over our series on identity. We had it pulled up here. Yeah, there we go. So our series on identity. Got it. Okay. I want to make this very clear. We've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And so when talking about the gifts of the Spirit, something I want to make very clear, and I've said it before, I will continue to say it throughout the sermon and throughout the series, is that we are not a church that follows after signs and wonders. Amen? We are not a church that follows after signs and wonders. We are a church that follows hard after the presence of God and his purpose in our lives. Signs and wonders, I believe, will be in effect of this, but they should never be the main focus or that thing we're always trying to attain, we need to set our eyes upon Jesus. Amen? Our main goal is to set our eyes upon him. But we want to talk about the gifts and the gifts of the Spirit. And and there's a very important reason for this. This is part of our, our, our identity. These are not natural gifts. There's some people that are naturally gifted in in athletics. There's some people who are naturally gifted in math or sciences or or chess or whatever. Some people are naturally talented in farming, right? Some people are naturally talented in those things. And we should never confuse our natural giftings with the giftings imparted to us by the Spirit. That's the first thing. The second thing is that the gifts are irrevocable. If God has given you a gift, he has given it to you and it will not be taken away. However, you need to use it correctly right? And there are some times where God will give you a gift and we will push it off to the side and we won't use it at all. There's sometimes where just like at Christmas, you get a gift and you open it and you go, oh, socks, thank you. For me, it would be a tie because I don't wear one, <laughs> right? You get a gift and you go, oh, I remember my sister, uh, when, she, when she got married, uh, she got a wedding gift from my grandmother. And it was something from my grandmother's basement. It wasn't new, but <laughs> it was something that she, want, that, that she wanted to give my sister. And my sister opened it, and she went, oh, thank you. And she put it off to the side. One year, my grandmother gave my, my brother a calendar. Now, you say a calendar, that's a pretty good gift, right? The problem is it was for a different year. 
<laughs> and actually, it was for seven years earlier. And she said, and my, my brother said, Grandma, the, the dates on this are wrong. And she said, or it's, it's a different year. She said, well, it's a different year, but the dates will still be the same. You'll be good. Because it was seven years earlier. <laughs> we are to use the gifts that are given to us. Amen? We're to use these gifts. The gifts are here for a purpose. What are they here for? They're given for the edification of the church. Always. We are to edify and build up and lift up the church. The lifting up and encouragement of. The last thing is this. When it comes to the gifts, they are always, 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 number one rule, always to be used in love. No matter what, always to be used in love. If I have faith that can move a mountain, but have not love, I am nothing. We're going to look at that today. What have we covered so far? The gifts that we've covered so far. The first gift we covered, and this is coming out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. The first gift that we covered so far is the word of wisdom. Go ahead and take that back. Go back to the first slide. There we go. We're not quite there yet, but that's okay. The word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is a supernatural utterance at a given moment which discloses God's mind his will, and his purpose in regards to a specific situation. There are people who have the gift, and when they speak a word of wisdom into a situation, they're just showing exactly what God's thoughts are on that situation. Then we have what we covered two weeks ago, is the word of knowledge. Now this got a little interesting. The word of knowledge provides insight into a person's past or current situation. And it's important to understand it's not to condemn or belittle that person, but to edify and bring healing into that person's life. So we saw this in the operation of Pastor, or I'm sorry, Minister Joel Cisneros, in that he was speaking to specific people, and as he spoke to them, God gave him insight into their past or a current situation they were going through. And when he spoke to them the word of the Lord, that came to him, it brought healing to their lives. It lifted them up. It edified them. Amen? It built them up. One of those people that he ministered to was Shelly Derrickson. I'm going to have the tissues out right here, Shelly. And you say, Pastor David, why would you call out Shelly? Well, because Shelly called me this week. Last week, was it? And she said, Pastor David, I, uh, I was so touched by the ministry of Joel and what the Lord spoke into my life. And I wonder if I would be able to share a testimony. And so, Shelly, come on up. I believe part of us being the church is sharing what God has done in our lives. And so give everyone, give everyone a hand, or give Shelly a hand. <laughs> Come on. I got the tissues right here. Okay, <laughs> that's all right. This is probably going to be the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, like Pastor said, Joel Cisneros was one of the... Um, 
was very touching to my life, and he made a huge impact. Um, I was in a um, very abusive relationship for <laughs> 20 years, um, and some days I wondered why I stayed. And I think most of the reasons I did it was because of my children. And I thought it was the best reason that I needed to stay. Um, I had two young children at the time. And um, I felt they needed their father. And I didn't see why I should leave. Um, there were days when I... Um, I would have to pick up my children as they're screaming, Mommy, stop him. Please stop him from doing that. Don't let him do that to you anymore. Don't make him break that door. There were days when he was so mad he broke a window out of a, a van in front of the children. He broke windows out of the door and my children were watching. And I had, had to pick them both up from under my arms and take them to the other room. <laughs> but yet I stayed. And like I said, I did this for 20 years. Finally in 2009, I'd had enough. And I said that I need to go. Um, and I, um, I looked to God for answers and asked him, you need to lead me, you need to lead me, because I don't know how I'm going to get away from him. Um, I finally... Um, called the cops, and I put a restraining order on him, but yet he came to the house, and he um, threatened me that he was going to take the kids away from me because I had a seizure disorder, and that he was going to use that against me um, because I wasn't capable of taking care of my children, but yet he was more capable because he didn't have any health issues, but yet he was an abusive person. Um, so at that point, I was ready to give up. I was ready to call it quits. I was ready to find a way to just say, I'm done. I have no reason to live. And I about did it. And thanks to my mom and some very good friends and God, I'm still here today. So I made it through the divorce and I still have my children with me. I as a single parent, stuck through it. There were many days that were really hard. I didn't know how I was gonna feed my children some days. 
because I was too proud to ask for help. I was, there was no way I was going to um, get on Title 19. I was not going to ask for food stamps. I was just going to take care of it. I was going to take care of my kids one way or another. And so um, in the divorce, I gave up the bars. I had no, I had no, um, no job. I had no um, background as far as what I was going to do for a job. I had no idea what the heck I was going to do. So once again, I went to God and I said, you need to find me something because I have no idea where I'm going. So as I'm talking to my mom, we decide um, that um, school, what's it going to hurt? So I go back to school and I decide that I'm going to become, uh, go back into pharmacy technician school. And um, I'm like, how in the world can I go back to school? I am 30 some years old. There's no way I can go back to school and be a mom. But I did it and I was um, in the top of my class and um, that darn chemistry. <laughs> Um, but I graduated, and um, I've been at Hy-Vee now for five years. Um, I love what I do. Um, I never thought that would be where I was at, but I absolutely love what I do. Um, and thanks to my family and my friends, I was able to make it through. Um, uh, let's see. Um, then the next battle comes. Um, I had an ex-husband who would give the kids everything they wanted and a little discipline, you know, we don't need discipline, we don't need chores, we don't need to do any of that because kids need to just do whatever they want. Um, makes life easier. But at my house, they have rules, they have discipline, they have chores, because that's what kids need. Um, but my daughter didn't think that was so great at the age of 16, or 15, 14. Um, so um, she decides she's gonna move out. She's gonna move back with her dad. I know I've lost my daughter. <laughs> Once again. <laughs> I feel like such a failure. <laughs> I just felt like I could do nothing right. <laughs> but I still have my son. I have, to, I have to continue to move forward. I have to be there for him because he's still with me. And so, with the help of my family and my friends, once again, 
and getting down on my knees and praying. It took months. It took years. But my daughter is back home. And she's the best friend that I've ever had. And she is stronger than she's ever been. And I think she realizes what she lost in the meantime. Um, and also before that happened, before she came home, God gave me the best gift that I've ever had. God gave me John McMurtry. And I am so blessed. And because of my past, I don't think that I am. That I should be able to have a man as wonderful as John. And so he asked me to marry him in, in December. And we were supposed to get married in August. And I told him that the wedding was off. And I had all these reasons that I couldn't marry him in August. And so that's one of the reasons I'm up here today. It's because I have to let go of my past so that I can move forward with my future. John, will you please come up here? I love you more than anything. And I have to let go of the baggage in the past because you are my future. And we need to move on with our future. So we need to set a date so that we can get married. <laughs> And God is in our life. Yes, he is. And God will take care of everything. You know, we can do it right now if you want to. <laughs> hey, there are times where God will bring you through where you think. <laughs> Who needs tissues? <laughs> there are times where God will bring you through where it seems here you go. Sorry. Where it just seems like there is no way out. Somebody once said it this way. If my place is in the palace, then what am I doing in the pit? The story of Joseph in the Bible is, if my place is in the palace, what am I doing in the pit? And there are times where God will bring you through the pit to put you in the palace. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, <laughs> top that. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> oh, Lord. 
Thank you. She, you know, she, she asked to share. To, thank you, Shelly. It takes courage to come and share. And thank you to the church for accepting that. And, and just, just uh, we want to encourage you and lift you up. And, and thank you for sharing. Everyone give her a hand. Thank you so much. It's kind of hard to transition now. <laughs> well, that's all right. This morning, uh, we we're speaking about the word of wisdom, and then we talked about the word of knowledge, which is, which is what led into God giving her the word she needed in order to, to get past her past. Amen? Sometimes God will give you a word to get past your past. That's the word of knowledge is that he used it to edify and lift and build you up, right? The gift I want to talk about this morning is the gift of faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says this, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, which is what we just talked about, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, which is what we just spoke about, and to another faith by the same Spirit. The gift of faith. When we think of faith, we think of, there are some definite scriptures in the Bible that come to mind when we talk about faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 through 3 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, by faith, we understand these things. It is by faith, it says, it tells us what faith is. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You say, well, you just got to have faith. What is faith? It tells us right here. And then it says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. It is by faith. I was not there at the day of creation. I was not there to see him form the trees. I was not there to see him speak life. I was not there to see the formation of these things. I was not there for it. But by faith I understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. That's what faith is. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But there's something different here. I want to go to this, and let me... This is our faith. Go back one. You're spoiling it. That's, <laughs> that's all right. This is our faith. I want to speak to you about a story. There's a story in chapter Mar or, uh, the book of Mark. It's chapter 5, and you don't have to go there. But I want to tell you the story. It's about a story about a woman that had an issue of blood. She had an issue of blood. In fact, she had this issue for 12 years. For 12 years, she had a flow of blood that wouldn't stop coming out of her. She had a flow of blood. She'd been to doctors. She'd been, she'd, in fact, she'd been taken advantage of by doctors. They'd taken all of her money. She had this flow of blood, it wouldn't stop, it was causing her 
to be sick. It was causing her to be emaciated. All these different things in her body were going off and wrong, and she was always unclean. But one day, there was a guy named Jairus. For 12 years, he had a daughter, and his daughter died. And the Bible says that the crowds thronged around Jesus. What does that mean, thronged? It means they pushed up against him. It means that with the crowds that gathered around, they pushed up against him. And when it says a multitude, which it does, it says a multitude gathered around and, and thronged up against him. They were pushing up against him. There was no room for anybody else. But the woman with the issue of blood, she saw Jesus. And when she saw Jesus, her faith drove her to him. There was a person in her way, and she pushed past that person. There was a, another person, and she pushed through the crowd. And you have to understand, back in those times, that each person she passed and touched, she was committing sin. She was, she was committing, uh, I'm sorry, she was breaking the law. She was touching someone. She was unclean. She was breaking the law. So as she's going past these people, going through this crowd, trying to get to Jesus, trying to get to the Savior, trying to get to her healing, what she sees in Jesus is the stopping of the flow. What she sees in Jesus is finally healing in her body and healing in her life. And so she gets there. She gets to Jesus, and she doesn't touch him on the hand. She doesn't grab his arm. She doesn't, like, give him a big hug. She touches the hem of his garment. And immediately, the flow of blood stopped, and she was healed. And Jesus says the funniest thing. Who touched me? And the disciples look around and go, Jesus, you see all these people around you? They're, you're saying, who touched me? And she said, no, 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 I felt power leave from me. And the woman becoming afraid and fearful because she had broken the law. She identified herself and said, it was me. And he says these words to her. Go to daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go back to the first slide there. Well, now faith, no, no, one more. There you go. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Daughter, your faith has made you well. God has given you faith to reach out and touch him. God has, put, God has given you faith to reach out and touch him. You say, Pastor, I need healing in my body. I need healing in my marriage. I need healing in my finances. I need healing in these things. God has given you the faith to reach out to Christ and touch him. But that is not what we're talking about this morning. What we're talking about is the gift of faith. And that is different. 
the gift of faith, because we already have faith. The Bible says that some of us have faith the size of a mustard seed. The gift of faith is a special gift where the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, provides Christians with extraordinary confidence in God's promises, power, and presence. And he'll do this for a specific reason, so that we can take heroic stands that edify the church and build up the body. Now, I don't know about you, but I want that. I want that gift. The Bible says that we are to earnestly seek the gifts, that we are to pray for the gifts. Now, you have to understand this. When we, when it, when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, these are usually spontaneous gifts. These are gifts that God gives us spontaneously. If God has given us the gift of healing, and we lay hands on somebody and they're healed, that's amazing. But God's not, not, we're not walking around everywhere just like, hey, heal, hey, heal, hey, heal, hey. That, no. God gives it to us at special times. The working of miracles at special times. The gift of faith at special times. So the gift of faith is an extraordinary confidence in God's promises. I want that gift. It's, the faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That is part of the faith that is in us that God has gifted us with. But what I'm talking about here is the gift of faith. The gift of faith is above and beyond our faith. It is above and beyond. Where our faith stops, the gift of faith pushes us further. It goes from our faith to God's faith. And that is entirely different. I want to tell you a quick story of a pastor that I know of. The pastor was praying for a young girl who was dying. The parents had left the church two years earlier, and they left because of some offense. And they took the girl with them. But two years later, their daughter was dying. And they called up the pastor and they said, Pastor, please come pray for our daughter. And the pastor said, absolutely, I'll be happy to. He went to the house, parked in the driveway, went, into, went inside, and opened up the door to the daughter's room. He said, if you've ever worked in hospital ministry, you know what death smells like. And I could smell death in that room. He saw in the bedroom her lying on the bed, and a death rattle came out of her. And sitting at the foot of the bed quietly was a man and a woman. And he looked at the mother, and he said, well, who are those people? And she said, well, that's our new pastor and his wife. They had quietly lit candles and were sitting at the foot of the bed, just praying quietly for this dying girl. He said something came over him that he couldn't explain, but he ran and jumped onto the bed and lifted that girl up into a seated position. Just then he heard the door slam, 
as the pastor and his wife ran out of the room and to their car. He lifted her up to a seated position and declared in the name of Jesus that the spirit of death would leave her and that she would live in Jesus' name. He said she didn't need foot-of-the-bed prayers that day. She needed travailing prayer that day. The gift of faith, he, he, had no, he said there was tubes and IVs coming out of her. There was no reason to believe that she was going to be well. There was no reason to think beyond what we were able to see. There was no reason to think that she was going to be well. But the gift of faith came upon him, and he's, I mean, he jumped onto her bed. Can you imagine? Lifted her up and spoke life into her in Jesus' name. And wouldn't you know it? God granted her life and healed her. That is when the gift of faith is used. When there's no earthly reason why it should happen, there's no earthly reason why I should do this, there's no earthly reason, but somehow God speaks to you and gives you a confidence, gives you an encouragement, gives you, right here, the extraordinary confidence in his promises, power, and presence. Acts chapter 3 says this, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which was called Beautiful to ask alms for the, from those who entered the temple. He was begging for money. He was begging for money. You have to understand that this man was lame from birth. We walked by this man every day. Oh, there's that man. There's that crippled man who sits at the gates begging for money. And people walked by him. They saw him every day. They were very familiar with him. And Peter and John go by, and they're about to go in the temple, and he asks them for alms. He asks them for money. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. Go to the next one. And so he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That is the gift of faith in operation. Where there's no visible... I have walked by this crippled man asking for money every day. There's no reason for me to believe that he's ever going to walk again. There's no reason for me to believe that he won't die at that gate asking for money. But when he asked me that day, 
The gift of faith came upon me, and I was able to bring healing into his life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. I'm telling you what, when the gift of faith is in operation in your life, you will see extraordinary things happen, including the crippled being raised up, the dead being raised to life, the blind eyes being opened. You say, Pastor David, why don't we see these things anymore? Why don't we see these things in America? Why don't we see these things? This is a rabbit trail, but let me say it it this way. Because in America, we don't need God. In America, we need our money and our stuff and our jobs. But we've stopped needing God. When you look in countries like Africa, South America, places in the United States where there's poor and destitute, poverty-stricken people that are just hungry for God, that's where you see things like this happening. That's where you see the dead being raised to life. That's where you see blind eyes being opened. That's where you see people who are crippled being able to walk again. Are you hungry for him this morning? I mean, truly, are we hungry for God this morning? Are we here? And I know this, this isn't even in my notes. Are we here because it's church service? It's time to come and sit in a chair and listen to the pastor and and sing a few songs? Or are we here because we're hungry for God? Are we here because we're starving for His presence? I want the gifts, of, I want the gifts to operate in my life. But, not, I, but, but more than that, more, God, if you never give me a gift again, I just want the giver. I just want the giver. I just want to be in his presence. I just want to be strengthened by his word. I just want to have intimacy with his, with his spirit. Are you hungry for him this morning? The gift of faith will cause you to see past your circumstance and rely totally on God's word. The gift of faith, you know, this, is, this has been a tough week for a lot of people. And so when you talk about faith and the gift of faith and laying hands on people and being healed and recovered and it's a difficult sermon to preach and I imagine it's a difficult sermon to listen to at times. You know, there's so many times in the Bible where I re- I relate There's so many times in my life, I'm sorry, I misspoke. So many times in my life where I relate to a man in the Bible. It's out of Mark chapter 9. Without going there, you can look it up later, but it's one of the greatest scriptures where he wants his son to be healed. And Jesus says, do you believe? And he says, yes, Lord, I believe. 
but help me with my unbelief. Yes, Lord, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. I pray that God would help us with our unbelief this morning. I have no problem believing that the Lord made the heavens and the earth. Some of us have no problem believing that. We have no problem believing that Jesus Christ died on a cross and was raised from the dead. We have no problem believing that he was born of a virgin. We have no problem believing that. Yes, Lord, I believe. But help me with my unbelief. Yes, Lord, I believe, but my faith has only taken me so far. I need the gift of faith to bring me further. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that our eyes would be set upon you. This morning, this week, Lord, I pray that our eyes would be set upon you. Lord, we thank you that you are the giver of good gifts. God, I pray that this, this gift of faith would operate in my life. I pray that it would operate in the lives of those who are here, that you would bless us by spontaneously gifting us with this faith, this extraordinary faith that sees beyond the circumstances. It goes beyond our faith. And Lord, I pray over those who are here that they're just struggling this morning. God, I pray that our hunger and thirst would just be for you. Lord, I pray that the hunger and thirst of this church would just be for you. That as people come in the doors, they would be hungry for your presence. As they leave the doors of this church, they would, they would be even more hungry for your presence because they've experienced your glory. That when they go into their homes, they would be praying and searching and seeking. That they would experience the almighty presence of God in their lives. I know this is a different word. I thank God for the testimony that Shelly gave. I thank God for so many great testimonies. God, I pray right now in Jesus' name that we, we embrace those testimonies, but Lord, that we would have our own testimony of what you've done through us. That we would be hungry for your presence. That we wouldn't let go. That we would push through the crowd until we reach the hem of your garment. Lord, I pray for each person here today that you would lift them up, that you would encourage them. Lord, that you would bless them and keep them. That you would cause your face to shine down upon them. Lord, I pray that you would give them rest. In Jesus' name, amen.